Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best of the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And Elizabeth, we talk about so many different things. It really is a lot. I, I realized the other day, we rarely circle back. So today I wanted to circle back to some of the things we've talked about because there are some interesting updates and I've been getting little pieces of cool information from people who listen to the podcast. And yeah. so I love, I love whenever conversations can be circular. I love that you and I talk, but I love when people who listen to Best of the Nest want to be a part of the conversation and send along little bits of information. So I thought today we'd do a follow-up show. I think this is a really good idea, and I actually think this is going to kick off something that we should do more regularly, which is a follow-up show, which is to just incorporate some of the comments because particularly on the Best to the Nest Facebook group, which I promise we're going to start posting show notes on there. This is like, we're going to get our act together, you guys. (laughs) We're going to get it together. We've just been a hot mess. Um, You can always find the show notes on the in podcast one for sure and in Apple podcast, but we're going to start putting them on the best to the nest Facebook group page. So join the group because that way I just informed you of that just now, by the way, I didn't even tell you (laughs) prior to this recording and, and that way you'll always have a reference point to go back to. So but I really love, I love the comments that we get and we, one thing that I feel really strongly about that I love so much is I get a lot of feedback. Sometimes one would say too much feedback about myself from the world at large because I put a lot of content out there. Yeah. But the, you know, I think a lot of our listeners fear that we might not continue this podcast because every time I get a message about best to the nest, they're like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, like, I'm such a big fan. I love the podcast so much. Please, please, please don't stop. And so I don't know if we're giving off the vibe, Marjorie, that we might like (laughs) disappear at any moment. Well, I I will confess in March, let me look at the date, March 24th, 2021. Yeah. It was a real soul searching moment as to whether or not I wanted to continue the podcast. I think people think that because we're so honest about the craziness of our lives. Right. That they think, oh. But on March 21st, uh, 2021, I was actually sitting in my closet packing and I had a pack of mail next to me. And as I do, you know, I packed a little and then I would do something else. And March was crazy for me. I had a townhouse in Tempe. That literally I called my realtor and said, hey, I'm thinking about selling my townhouse. And she said, I have a buyer. Oh, my gosh. And so I went from thinking, oh, I'll slowly pack up and leave this town that I love to you need to be out in three weeks. Yikes. So it was crazy. And I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. But it was crazy. And there were a lot of other things going on. Very stressful time. And so there was this note in my mail with no return address. Which oh, that's I never sh- a good sign. I should have known better. Right. Be- really kind of cool handwriting. 
And this woman named Anne from Minneapolis somehow found my home address, wrote me the nastiest, most <gasps> critical note about – it starts – I'll just give you the beginning. She wrote, love best to the nest. And then she goes on to tell me all of the things that she dislikes about me. Oh, does she not know that you are you are best to the nest? <laughs> I, I really don't know, but she insulted me on many, many levels. And normally you and I have been in the public eye for a long time. And I, when I was doing the radio show, never read my – I never read the emails that people would send to me for one reason. Mm-hmm. More than the majority were so nice and so flattering that I didn't want that in my head. Just yeah. as much as I didn't want the negative ones in my head. So I just mm-hmm. thought, I'm not going to read them. I'm not going to answer them. My husband would answer the majority of his emails, whether they were positive or negative. I'm only bringing this up today as a follow-up because I just want everybody to know, number one, how much we appreciate you being a part of the conversation with us. And I appreciate all of the really nice notes that you all send. I do. It's it's lovely. And you know the way podcast works, when you do those reviews those matter. I mean, we don't really make much money on this podcast, so it's not about that, but they matter. And so it's a weird place to be to say, hey, give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. And and we mean it. Those are helpful to us. So I would be hypocritical to say, I never want to hear anything negative. If you have a negative review, please post it there. What was odd about this to me is- I don't don't think we want to do that. Don't post it. If you have a negative review, (laughs) just don't listen to the next episode. I mean, honest to God, I don't know if you've checked the podcast listings lately. There's about 8 billion of them. You can go find another one. Don't listen. You're right. But what I'm trying to say is it's not like we just need all the flattery all the time. No. That's not what we're doing this for. But I just want to say the note was so cruel, very succinct, but very cruel. And it caught me at a really difficult point where I was so overwhelmed with trying to wrap up my job, trying to pack up my home, leaving a lot of friends. My mom was very sick and she was transitioning to moving next door to me, which brings all of its own pressures. I mean, I had so much going on and this came to my nest it came to my home yeah. and I just, that's what really caught it. Just, I wasn't prepared. Like if I go to read the reviews at Apple podcast, you know, or wherever the reviews are on podcast one, I'm prepared. Yeah. I was unprepared for this to come into my home. And so I, I, I mentioned it to you at the time and we talked about, Oh, should we read it? Should we not read it? And the only reason I'm mentioning it now is I just am such a believer that what you put out into the world comes back at you. And it's not that I want anything bad to happen to this woman that wrote this very nasty note. All I could think about is who's being cruel to her? Yeah. Who's being so cruel to her that this seems like a civilized way to treat somebody? Mm -hmm. And so today, as a follow-up, I just say, you hit home. That's what you were trying to do by sending it to my house. You hit home. I get it. I don't doesn't hurt me in the sense because I have no insecurity about my own abilities. But I wish for her and I wish for anybody else out there that's hurting that you try not to pass that on to other people. Yeah. That if you're hurting, try finding therapy, try finding a better place to be for yourself so you can be that better person to other people. It just makes the world a much better place if, if you've been hurt to not then try and hurt somebody else. I think that's really, yeah, I think that's really beautiful and poignant. And I'm sorry that happened because this really, 
is supposed to be the project where that stuff doesn't happen because it's so optional. Because like when you're on the air at a radio station or a TV station, there's something that comes – there's plenty of times when you want to be like, if you don't like it, don't watch. Right. And I mean I think that all the time. Like there's 800 channels. Right. If you don't like it, you don't have to watch. But I don't say that because I'm employed by a television station that wants people to watch it. <laughs> so right. it's not right. like – you know, but in easy. this case – this is a podcast that we do for fun. I mean, and because we think the conversations are very important and because this is part of our heart that we want to put out into the world. Right. So we can really say, if you don't like it, don't listen. Here's what I would say, Marjorie. I, I you know, I, cause I can see you right now. So Marjorie and I record these and I can see her. Um, like I honestly, I think you need to rip this up. Because I think <laughs> you need to rip it up. And I would yeah. honestly like throw it in a fire outside because here's the other thing that I think that's really important and what I'm kind of taking from the lesson of this, which is as we look at this as an example of something either coming out of someone else's nest and coming into your nest. Number one, I mean, we I think we have a deep responsibility to think about what comes out of our nest. Yeah is impacting the world at large and has this certain ripple effect. And so there's a responsibility as you walk out the door every morning, just as there is a responsibility as you walk in the door at night, what you bring in and what you bring out matters. And, and then you also have a responsibility in your own nest to sort of put up a fortress to say, I'm going to be intentional about what's in here. Like I even think having that paper, where that woman wrote cruel words to you in your home. Like, I think it's got to go, Marjorie. And, you know, I love you very much. But, like, even seeing you hold that is making me, like, I want to reach through the screen and grab it (laughs) and stomp on it. And, um, And I think it's important. Like, we could look around at a lot of things. I remember my mom had this piece of artwork, which is very funny that I have it. She had this piece of artwork that, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn by sharing this, but that was gifted to her and said, and was, she was told it looked like she did when she was a child. Mm -hmm. And the girl in the painting looks very, very sad. And it was, and it was really like, like my mom would look at it and just hate this thing, like hated it and ended up giving it to me. I don't, I think I took it. I think I like had some sort of connection to like, if it looked like her, I would want it. It's literally like in our basement storage room in a big, like I have a bunch of art that I moved from our old house and art is a strong word. I mean, some of it's just like, you know, prints or whatever that, that I just haven't decided where it's going to go or maybe it doesn't fit. And I've actually been thinking like, it's time to let go of the vast majority of this. But it reminded me, that reminds me of like that item did not bring her joy. And I think like that whole spark joy thing from Marie Kondo can sound kind of woo woo, but I think there's a lot to it. I mean, everything you own has energy. And if you're looking around at something or like even you have something in your possession that reminds you of something unpleasant, like I do think there's something really therapeutic about saying, I'm done with this and I'm not going to have this in my home. Now I know this little letter is like a very tiny thing and then but no. it it carries a big it carries a big weight and you've held on to it for a reason. Yep. I hope that this conversation has been that reason to then release it and then just burn the bejesus out of it. <laughs> well, I have carried it around. I actually had it in my daily planner 
because I kept thinking, do I want to talk about Punnett. this? I know. Do I want to talk about this or do I not want to talk about this? And I think I just felt like when we were, when we decided to do a follow-up show today, I felt like today's the day to just because I think sometimes I think I think we don't think enough, and I think you've already said it sort of nicely. We don't. We ought to think so hard not only about what we bring in, but what we put out. And we focus so much on what's happening within our homes because we know, as everybody knows, that what happens in your home has an effect on the outside world. Absolutely. And I just, I kept thinking, how do I feel about this? How do I feel about somebody taking the time to find my home address, to, to take out some stationery and to write such nasty things to me? And I just kept thinking... What happened? I guess maybe it's to the the book that I I've been talking about from Oprah of what happened to you. Yeah. And I think that's the question that just kept going through my head of what happened to this woman? Yeah. That that seemed like a plan. Like that seemed like I'm going to do this. I'm going to show her. I'm going right. to tell her what happened who who is in her life that was whispering critical things in her ear. And we put this product out. We enjoy doing it. Elizabeth and I love talking to each other. There's no agenda. <laughs> we just and so it just. I today is the last day I'll ever think of it, and I'll throw it away. And I'm I'm not t- trying to be overly dramatic about it. Other than to say to everybody, if somebody does something like that to you, don't take it in, and try really hard not to take it in. And then try and understand with empathy why they would do something like that. Yeah. So that's it. I, want, I think, done. you know, it is. Yeah, I, that's good. Because you can feel the feelings. I, I honestly think, I, I mean, I know you're, you say it doesn't hurt your feelings because you have a good <laughs> sense of self. But I'm going to like push back a little bit and say like I think it hurts your feelings because I just don't know how you could be a person where that wouldn't hurt your feelings. I mean, my feelings get hurt if like Jay walks in the door and isn't like super nice to me. It doesn't come up to me and like hug me right away. I'm like, Oh, that hurts my feelings. I mean, I seriously, I have like very sensitive feelings. I mean, and I think it's, I think that acknowledging that and having, you know, you got to have boundaries. It's people come into people's homes with toxic energy and you know what? That's someone you don't even know. A lot of people have like their mom walks in the door with toxic energy. I mean, and is, and is critical like that. Setting up the boundaries. It's okay to feel the feelings and that you're hurt, set up the boundaries, and then release it. Ah, uh, yeah, yep. boy. Yeah, and I, I there is truth. Of course, it 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 hurts my feelings. Feels weird to say, but I can't think of a more I, for I, sure. Yes, yeah. I mean, but it doesn't. It's hard to say. It hurts my feelings, but it doesn't affect me. That seems like they shouldn't go together. But that exists in reality for me. It hurts my feelings, but it doesn't. It doesn't like affect who I am or what I think or how no. I feel I do my job or any of those things. But, but I just, so yeah. that's that. This and is this barely be- a job. You don't even get a paycheck. It's a barely <laughs> job. I know. It's just a thing. Yeah. How to fix the thing. We'll just call this the thing. Oh, I um, love it. Okay. Anyway. That's, well, that is a good, um, it's gone now. Here it is. This Elizabeth. is a good little release. There it is. I'm tearing it up. Yay. Thank you. Oh my Yay. gosh. Right up to the mic. Right into the mic. It's gone, but, and I'll burn it later because that will bring me great joy. Yeah, um, that really will. What else are we going to follow up on today? So I want to follow up on episode 235, Sleep Divorce. 
So you had brought this article to us. It was originally an article in Vox, and it was all about how it's okay to not sleep together if you're in a relationship. Like if you're married, it's okay, or if you're partnered with somebody, it's okay to sleep in separate bedrooms if something's happening at night that's disruptive to your own sleep. You know, you I have had little- so many conversations about this oh, episode have you? with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's yeah. really, so we talked about it. And at the time I had just moved to Kansas. My husband and I were finally living in the same house day after day after day. I love sleeping in the same room and in the same bed with my husband. But here's the hitch. We are now in a sleep divorce. Temporary. Wow. Yes, because our dog Jack yeah. is approaching his 16th birthday. Yeah. And as my husband puts it, so Jack, while I was not living here full time, Jack would take my space. Yeah. Like full on take my space, pretending mm-hmm. he was me. I'm sure of it. And so when I got into our bed, Jack would sleep at the foot of the bed and was very respectful. But he's 16. He gets up three or four times a night to go to the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. He's blind. He's deaf. It is a great disruption through the night. And as my husband says, Jack is now in hospice. I mean, our dog is dying. Yeah. But he's 16. He has had a beautiful life. I think my husband is going above and beyond in terms of how he's caring for him. But they are soulmates. And I had pulled a new a new article about sleep divorce. When I Googled it, so many articles came up about it. And I thought you'd find this interesting. It said a 2016 study from Paralysis and Private Medical University in Nuremberg, Germany, I'm sure I mispronounced that, showed that sleep issues and relationship problems tend to occur simultaneously. Wow. Does that surprise any of us? No, it's really amazing. In fact, a 2013 study from the University of California, Berkeley, found that one partner's sleepless night caused by disturbances from the other partner can result in conflicts in the relationship the next day. Boy. While there are benefits to sleeping together, one partner's troublesome sleeping or annoying bed habits can affect the other and increase production of the stress hormone hormone cortisol, thus causing issues that impact the couple as a whole, says one of the experts. Of course. Because it's impossible. It is impossible the next day to feel happy and joyful towards your partner if they have kept you up all night. Because in the middle of the night, when someone is keeping you up and you need to sleep, and I'm not, I mean, I am straight up talking from personal experience here. Like, you want to smother that person with a pillow. (laughs) Like, you want whatever has to happen for the sleep deprivation to end. I mean, there's a reason sleep deprivation is used as a form of torture in war times. I mean, it drives you crazy. And it makes you like completely unhinged and it's, so it's impossible to enjoy your life if you are sleep deprived. And I just think like, I don't know if you were, if you're like telling yourself this thing of people will think it's weird or we won't have as much sex. Number one, I don't, I think, I think the more you start to talk about it, like anything, the more you realize more people are sleeping apart than you can possibly imagine or more people are sleeping together and enraged by it than you can imagine. And then number two, it is impossible to be like physically and intimately connected with someone that you're mad at all the time. Yes. And you can't not be mad if you are sleep deprived and if they are causing your sleep deprivation. The only people who I think can cause sleep deprivation without you being mad directly at them are tiny human beings that are your children. And even then it cannot go on forever. Yeah. And I had, I mean, I sort of had two options. One was to say this dog, I mean, 
Jack needs to be close to Ian. They are, they might as well be yeah. one thing. And so here were my options to say, look, Jack can't sleep with us anymore. He has to go upstairs or he has to go somewhere. Well, the dog still has to go out four times a night because yeah, he's so, basically yeah. 175 years old. Mm-hmm. He's like a tortoise. Yeah, it's like, I mean, what am I, like, what was my option is to get really angry about it or understand, as you always say, like, this is a little mini season. And this is a dog that has been so good to my husband. He's mm-hmm. been next to my husband for every book that Ian's written. He's been next to my husband for every move that Ian would go on alone because I was staying back in another city. No, this dog deserves all of the love in the world and all of the continuation of that really special relationship until his very last breath. And so just because I want to sleep next to my husband without being woken up four times a night would mean that Jack would be alone. And that just seems wrong. That just seems wrong. So I just want to sleep alone. I want to sleep alone (laughs) till the end of time. Like I, I don't want to sleep next to anyone. I want to sleep by myself. I don't want anyone or anything to wake me up ever. And I don't think that that is too much to ask. I just want to sleep alone. Well, I will tell you, in my little sleep divorce, so I'm in the guest room now, and I have my linen sheets that I love, yeah. that I wouldn't let the dog sleep on because yeah. it's stinky. So I have my sheets back, and I have I have uh, an Alexa little Amazon thing. Mm-hmm. And so in the morning, like I sleep really well, and in the morning, I'm, you know, like, I can't say her name because then it'll happen. I'll say yeah. the news, and then the news comes on quietly. <laughs> It's really great. It's wonderful. It's like this peaceful womb-like thing that I've set up for myself. So I am all about it. Yeah. So that was the update on sleep divorce. I just felt like I needed to tell people, hey, we talked about it and now it's happening to me. And maybe don't text Jay and say, Elizabeth wants to sleep alone for the rest of her life. (laughs) No. I just don't know how well that's going to go over, even though. Not well. Even though that's just, guys, I've had babies for seven years. I mean, this is this is where I'm at. Yeah. No, it's. I think anybody that has had children knows exactly where you're at. And I think Jay <laughs> would understand it, too. So do you have a follow-up with anything? Um, no, I think I'm, I'm feeling very followed up. Okay. Well, I have one more then. I have one yes. more. So on episode 247, we were talking about Naomi Osaka and yeah. her decision to walk away from the French Open because they were requiring her... This was one of the reasons they were requiring her to do press. And she said no. And then they find her. And then she's like, okay, I'm done. And she has become, it was quite the topic of conversation because everybody's like, look at that. Look at this young 20-something standing up for her own mental health and her own boundaries, which are things we talk about all the time on Best of the Nest. Mm-hmm. So I have a dear friend in Phoenix, uh, Barb, thank you very much, who is one of my great conversation partners about Best of the Nest. She'll always have a comment or two, which are usually really helpful. She sent me this article about the four-day work week. Yes, we this is about- funny. I was just talking about this with my co-host, Steve. Yeah. Oh, did you talk which, about it? Which wonder- countries... Well, we weren't even talking about it on the air. We were talking about it off, off the air. Which countries are instituting a four-day work week? And are they actually doing it? And is it working? Well, listen to this. So thank you, Barb, for this. She's The article says, in June, 86% of Iceland's working population were currently or on the path to working four-day work weeks with no reduction in pay. Wow. The statistic comes from a recent study that tracked 2,500 employees whose work week was shortened to 35 to 36 hours over five years. 
Researchers found that a four-day work week with the same pay improved workers' well-being and productivity. And then it goes on to say, the explosion of remote work during the pandemic has led to a rethinking of work-life balance. Thank God. And more countries and even some companies in the U.S. are experimenting with a shorter work week. Buffer, a social media software company, has let its 89 employees work four days a week since May 2020. The crowdfunding platform Kickstarter will test a four-day work week for its 95 employees starting in 2022. Both Spain and Japan are piloting a 32-hour work week over three years in response to the changing perceptions of work during COVID. Now, that's really incredible to hear Japan because in Japan, I mean, there is a cultural problem with people literally working themselves to death. to death. And there's there's like a Japanese term for that. Yeah. Where you work yourself to death, you die at work because okay. I mean it's really intense because there's such a culture of of wanting to succeed and and that hardworking mentality. Right. Which you would think is good, but turns out it's not good. So I wonder if in Japan it's a response to that because it's been a real problem. Well, I think when I first graduated from college, I got a job teaching writing at a community college. And so I taught two sections, like on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then on Mondays and Thursdays. No, I don't remember what it was. But basically, it turned out to I had – I worked in the writing lab as well, you know, where you work mm-hmm. with the students on their writing. So I worked four 10-hour days. So I was off Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. And that forever was my favorite schedule. It was yeah. so fabulous because you really felt Friday was sort of a catch-up day and whatever you had to do around the house or whatever. And then you kind of had a true weekend. And even though I was still working 40 hours a week, just getting those, just getting that one day off, that Friday off was fabulous. So I look at this and I think, I hope this is the future for the United States because it does not, it, it really... I don't think it decreases your productivity. And they're talking about a 35 to 36 hour week, which to most people who are working and for, for many years, just in the last five years, I was working like 50 or 60 hours a week. Yeah, that's, it's too much. It's too much. And, and, you know, when you're looking at the studies, the studies are showing that it improves workers' well-being and improves their productivity. You yeah. know, it's like the same thing when you look at what companies find out about giving women and maternity leave 16 weeks off. It's better for moms. It's better for babies. And you oh, have yeah. a better shot at retaining a highly skilled, highly trained employee. And so the companies start doing it before the government mandates anything, which, right. I mean, welcome to America, right? Run right. by the companies. So it's like... If, if they're finding that it works and, and that it, it totally increases productivity, I think people who are happier and feel valued by their jobs and feel like their outside of their life is valued by their employer, they want to work harder for that employer. I agree. I mean, and there's, you know, like at our, like my company, it's a family owned company and there's always been, now I work a five day week and all that, but there's always been like family is important and family matters. And there's always a conversation from every boss I've ever had at that company about if, you know, if we need to have a conversation or if there's something comes up with your family, like we work together to figure it out. Like this might be company policy, but we work together to figure something out. I have always, because I worked for the same company as well for 12 years, I always felt that. Yeah. I always felt that. And I think that's a big darn deal. So that was, those are all the follow-ups I have. But I think, I think, I hope that there are blessings that come out of COVID. And if a reevaluation of the work-life balance is what we learned from COVID, that would be, at least that would be one good thing that came out of it. 
Yeah, I think you're totally right. I loved this follow-up. This is really fun. Okay, I'm going to look for more follow-ups too, good. Marjorie, because, good, you good. know, I didn't do any homework. I just rode along with what you did today and hoping <laughs> that was okay. It was That's all I fun. had to give. It was all I had oh, to give. Oh, God. Life is hard. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best to the Nest or go to besttothenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.